Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Let's give the Lord some praise this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, we thank you for what you're doing in our hearts this morning. God, I thank you for your voice that is ever so clear when, when, when people will just stop and, and listen, God, that you give us ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. God, we need to hear your voice more now than we have in a long time. I pray, Lord, that you would speak and that we would hear. God, I love you this morning. I'm so grateful for the plan that you have for our lives individually and the plan that you have for our church, God. I know, God, you're fixing to do some incredible things. And Lord, we just say yes to whatever those things are. We love you, Jesus. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, has God been good to you this last week? He is a good God, amen? And uh, I am grateful for technology, but I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful that you're here. Tom, it's good to see you. I was thinking about you yesterday. I should have called you. Um, it's good to see everybody here, but uh, I just, uh, I'm just, my heart's full. We've had good church today, and I want you to know that the word of the Lord that you're going to hear today, it's going to encourage you, and I hope you you came ready to be encouraged and challenged. Amen? I love this little story because it kind of plays into my message just a little bit in that um, I, I think that if, if anybody is paying attention, we could look around at our world today and it seems like there are storms upon storms upon storms. I mean, I mean, look, it wasn't very long ago we just thought it was COVID-19 and people were trying to remain safe you know, from this unseen enemy called the coronavirus. And, and now there's so much um, division and anger and, and just strife in the world. And, and I'm just saying that, that, uh, that, that our, our world is in a, a different place right now. And, and certainly uh, the analogy of a storm is very fitting. Um, there's so much trouble and so much unrest. And and I just want you to know today, like if you don't get anything else out of the message, I want you to know this, that, um, that God is, is not surprised by any of the things that are happening right now. And not only is he not surprised, but he has positioned his body, his church, come on, for such a time as this. Like he didn't wake up and see, oh my goodness, there's going to be a pandemic, I didn't see that coming he didn't wake up and, and, and see all of the division and the anger and, the, and the, the, just the meanness towards you, you know, one another, and that caught him by surprise. No, he knew all of these things were going to happen. He sees the end from the beginning, but yet, check this out, he positioned you in the church for such a time as this. And so, doctor, you've got something that you were supposed to be doing. I've got something that I'm supposed to be doing. You've got something that you're supposed to be doing. And, and so, really, as the church, 
we know that we are supposed to have the fruits of the Spirit, right? Like, we know that we don't act like the world acts. We act like, like we have the Spirit of the living God living and dwelling inside of us. I can tell you this, that it's time for the church to pray like we've not prayed in a long time. It's time for the church to love like we've not loved in a long time. It's time for the church to forgive like we've not forgiven in a long time. It's time for the church to work like we've not worked in a long time. It's time for the church to trust like we've not trusted in a long time. It's time for the church to encourage like we've not encouraged in a long time. It's time for the church to not be like the world. One of the things that frustrates me, in fact, I had to turn off my face. I turn off my Facebook now about 75% of the time. I'll check it in the evenings for a short period of time. But, but I, I, like it's easy for a guy like me and the issues that I come out of and the stuff that I've, that I've had in my past, it's easy for me to quickly go down a road that I ought not to be going down. And so I just had to remove myself from it. What frustrates me is when you got Christians that are acting like the world acts. Posting posts like, like, the, like the world posts. Not being different, not being set apart, not being... Not being separated, but, but, but I'm just like, oh my gosh, if I didn't know this person, come on, was, you know, was, was loved the Lord, I wouldn't know this person loved the Lord. And I'm just saying that we are called to be different. Amen? We are called to be like Jesus is. And, um, and, and I want you to be encouraged by that today. But I started a new series last week called A New Day. A new day, because we're living in a different day. Today's not like anything that we've experienced uh, in, in the past. It's a, it's a new day. But I want you to know this, that if the answer to the question, when are things going to return to normal, if the answer is never, I want you to know that that's okay. And maybe the normal wasn't that great. Like maybe there's some new stuff that God's wanting to do in this new day that we find ourselves in. You see, last week we talked about the spirit. What, what is God wanting to do in the, in the area of your spirit that is new? And I pose to you this, that, uh, that the church is more mobilized today than before COVID-19. I believe that there are more people uh, participating and sharing in being the church than, than maybe what we saw prior to COVID-19. I think that people are serving. People are, even though they're doing little things, how many of you know little is better than nothing? I think we've conditioned ourselves prior to COVID-19 maybe to come to church and, 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 and not that we don't do anything because there's a lot of people that do a lot of things, but we also were set up for a lot of people really not to engage and to do anything. And I'm saying this, that, that I believe that... that um, <clears throat> People that have never had a conversation about the Lord. People that have never walked somebody through the sinner's prayer. You know, people that have never answered questions about the Lord with an unbeliever. I believe that those conversations are taking place today. Even though they might be initiated by that unbeliever because people are paying attention. People are looking around and they're saying, man, could this be the end of days? Could this be, you know, close to Christ's second coming? And so... So how do we live our faith? How, you know, we knew how before COVID-19 and, and all this unrest, but how do we do it today? Um, last week we talked about, you know, how do you, how do you, what's the new thing spiritually? 
First of all, can I just say this? Spiritually, you have to know God. I'm not going to re-preach last week's message, but we had a conversation not too long ago with a, with a young man that, that had been part of the church for a little while. And whenever we were, when he was asked, hey, do you know Jesus? Are you saved? Right? Person been around the church for a long time. Are you saved? And the answer was no. What? Rock me back on my heels a little bit. What? You're not saved, but you've been coming a long time now. And, and uh, yeah, yeah, let, me, let me just clarify this. Have you ever asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins? No. Have you ever asked Jesus to, to come into your life and be your Lord and Savior? No. And I'm like, why? And so listen, to get things right spiritually, that means to know God and to surrender come on to the Lord. Like that's the big thing. It doesn't matter what I talk about the soul today or what I talk about the body next week. If you are not born again, that's the most important thing that you can do is give your heart to Jesus. Please <clears throat> don't just come to church and be encouraged. Like that's really cool, but there's some there's a lot of people that are going to say that you know what We've done all these great things in your name, but Jesus says, depart from me, for I did not know you. Like, you need to know him. You need to know him. You need to be born again. You need to ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins and to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and come and, and, and be the leader of your life. You need that. You need that. If you don't have that, you will not be saved and you will go to hell. If you don't have Jesus you will not be saved, and you will go to hell. You need to know it's that cut and dry. As much as he loves you, he has done everything for you. If you do not know him, and he has not forgiven you of your sins because you have not asked him to do so, there's no relationship, you will go to hell. And that would be a tragedy for somebody to come to church week after week after week after week after week, but do not know the love and the forgiveness, what it feels like, the embrace of the Creator, just to, just to, just to be, to belong to Him. Amen. So that's that's number that's number one. This week we're going to be talking about our soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions. Come on, listen. Now we know what this pandemic does to our physical bodies, right? You may have known somebody that had the coronavirus and. And the, the couple of people that I know, it was just like a bad flu to them. They, they you know, my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law had the COVID-19, both of them together. We were super worried about her. She was high risk. And anyhow, it was like a bad flu, like a 12 to 14 day flu that they were like, man, that was terrible. But praise the Lord, they just went through it. It ran its course like the normal flu does. How many of you like to have the flu? I don't like I don't like to be sick at all. I am the biggest baby whenever it comes to being sick. I'm like, you know, I've never tried this, but I've, I've thought about getting one of those bells whenever I'm sick just to ring it, ring it, but I don't think anybody would come and, uh, and, and do anything about it. But, uh, but we also know that people, if they're compromised, sometimes they end up on ventilator systems, right? And, and they really have major respiratory issues, especially if they've got any kind of issues, um, you know, dealing with, with breathing and their lungs and, 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 and such. Um, and then we know of some people, I mean, I don't know of anybody, but we know of some people that, that because they 
probably already compromised, they end up dying because of this coronavirus. And that's a tragedy, absolutely a tragedy. I don't want anybody to get sick, let alone do I want somebody to die from this, this coronavirus. The point is this, we know what this pandemic does to us physically. But I'm posing to you a question, what's it doing to our mind, our will, and our emotions? What's it doing to our soul? You see, I believe, and I don't have any data, this is just a belief, and so please don't put any weight on it, but I believe that the true damage that's being done, and not to minimize people that have lost their lives or been sick or gone through hardship, I'm not minimizing that, I'm not insensitive, but I'm believing the, the real damage that people are dealing with is in the area of their soul. The fear, the, the anxiety, the, the depression, Come on, the, the separation, the isolation that has taken place. I believe that far past, far past the point of us getting on top of COVID-19, there are going to be issues from COVID-19. I believe psychiatrists and psychologists and counselors and pastors and teachers and anybody else that serves people in any capacity they're going to be dealing with, with people and trying to help people through some of the emotional mess, come on, that was picked up during this time. People are losing their minds. People are fearful. They're, people I have heard, I don't know of anybody, but I've heard people are so afraid from a common flu that their heart fails them because of fear. What a terrible thing that is. And so we're going to talk about our emotions and what we need to know is our emotions have stages. And the truth is, is you may be in one of these stages. The first stage of emotional problems and distress is the stage of shock. Shock happens when we experience something that we're unprepared for, that we weren't looking for. We're doing life, then all of a sudden this happens, and now we're, we're in shock, and, and, and we're in disbelief, and we're wondering, you know, what happened. Sudden death can bring about shock, right? You're living life with your spouse, and then all of a sudden, you know, she or he is not here tomorrow. You're living life and you lose a child or you lose a friend. Well, life restrictions can also bring about shock. Like we are, we are the land of the free, the home of the brave. We can do, we can, like I've been to places where you can't travel just anywhere you've got, you want to go. There's permits and there's passes and there's, and there's you know, you've got to get authorization to to travel. Well, here in the United States, man, we can go. If you got the money to go, you could go. But now all of a sudden, there's these restrictions, there's these limitations. And, and, and when you're in shock, let me just tell you this, you can't see right. You can't see properly. And, um, and, and when we can't see correctly, what happens is, is we, are, we are now in a place to be led by our emotions. And can I just tell you that your emotions will lie to you? Your emotions cannot be trusted whenever you're in the middle of shock. And this is why it's very important that you're connected to other people so that when you can't see clearly, when, when your vision is, is off or limited, that you've got other people around you, come on, that can point you in the right direction. This is why being a part of a church is, is essential. Because when your emotions begin to rule, it's very, very dangerous. Number two is this. If shock is not dealt with, it can lead to overwhelming sorrow. 
Sorrow comes when we lose some, some, something or somebody. When you lose a friend or you lose a job. Come on, we know people in this community that have lost work. They've worked at, at places for a long period of time and either they've been laid off or, or you know, because of cutbacks or they've just been, they've been fired. Come on, uh, you can become overwhelmingly sorrowful whenever you lose something. I feel terrible for our graduates. Our graduates spend 12 years working so hard, um, you know, to get a great education. And then at the apex or the pinnacle of the celebration, being honored, come on, they can't even walk down and do the, everything that we don't like, shake all those 33 hands and whatnot. But how many of you know they deserve that, right? And, and so it's different, and so we can become sorrowful. And I'm just telling you this, that we serve a God that understands sorrow. And, and uh, in, in the book of uh, Isaiah chapter 53, this is prophesied about Jesus. Jesus understands sorrow. It says that he was despised and rejected by men. He was a man of sorrow. Come on, Jesus was sorrowful. He was hurt in his heart when his friend Lazarus dies, died. In fact, the Bible said that, that Jesus, come on, the one that even knew he was going to raise up his friend Lazarus, he wept. Jesus wept. It's the shortest verse in the whole Bible. And so he understands sorrow. And so I want you to know this, that sorrow is good and sorrow is healthy. But let me tell you what's not good and what is dangerous when you're overwhelmed with sorrow. You see, I believe that it's the devil that's behind that. God can behind, be behind sorrow. He gave you the emotion. But when you're overwhelmed with sorrow, come on, I believe that the devil's behind that. When you, when you don't have a vision to get out of bed, when you don't have any ambition to do anything throughout the day, when you're just like, you know, you wake up and it takes you before, you know, to three or four o'clock in the afternoon before you you know, you get busy and you figure out something to do with your day. I'm telling you this, that I don't believe that God's behind that at all. In fact, I believe that the devil is. In Psalm chapter 61 and verse 2, it says this, Hear my cry, O God, the psalmist said. Attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that's higher than I am. Come on, for some of you, that's where you are. We had a great time to go visit with some dear friends um, just this last week in Boise. They, they, they just moved a few months ago to, to a place in Oregon, and they were having a hard time. They came back, you know, to Boise, and they said, hey, listen, we'd love to link up with you and Tina, and, and uh, so we went to Boise and connected with them. They built this brand new beautiful home in, a, in, a, in just a really cool uh, town in Oregon, in the mountains, in the trees. But they moved over there at the very time, at the very time that the coronavirus started just kind of taking off. And so they left everything that was familiar, their church family, their family, their friends, everything that was familiar, they left. Their community, they lived in Boise forever. Um, and they, they moved over there, and, and now they, 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 they don't have a church to go to. Um, the, the, the lady, she's, she's got a really great business of interior design and things like that. She was always busy here in Idaho, but now she, she couldn't do anything there. And so um, they stayed busy, but, uh, but 
They couldn't go anyplace. They, couldn't, they didn't know anybody. You know, they couldn't get involved in the new church. And I was just visiting with them. They said, Travis and Tina, we just, deep depression just came on us. So, so what I'm talking to you about, it's not, I'm not talking about the, the person that doesn't know Jesus. These people have been faithful followers of Jesus for their, their whole life. They absolutely love God. Everything they do has to do with, with the Lord, but yet they came and they found themselves in this deep place of depression and just asking, man, is, did we get it right? Did we get it wrong? What, you know, and, and I'm just saying this, that at those times, come on, you need God to show up and you need God's people to support you and encourage you. Thank the Lord they've come through that totally fine, but, uh, but it was a dark time for them. Number three, if you don't deal with this deep sorrow, we begin to severely struggle. Now listen, I understand a lot about this. When you are severely struggling, you move into a place of self-medication or people call it coping. Uh, and, and, and I don't know how to cope properly. I cope improperly prior to knowing the Lord. But this leads to alcohol, drug abuse, um, sexual issues. And if you don't have any problems there, it leads to Netflix binge watching or Hulu binge watching or just, you know, staying in your pajamas all day long and, 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 and not really desiring to do overeating. Has anybody gained any weight over this COVID-19? Woo, woo, I have, I have. Yes. <laughs> um, come on, we got to get back on track here, but... Uh, but the next thing is, is, is you find yourself, psychologists call this ruminating. And ruminating is just whenever you sit by yourself and all you do is you think about the issues in your life. Ruminating happens when you focus on the problem much more than you focus on the promise or the, or the solution. We ruminate. And once again, when you're in this state of ruminating, the last person that you should ever trust is you. Like you are the last person that you should receive counsel from. This is why you need somebody or some bodies, come on, that are know how and can speak life into your, into your paralyzed situation. And so the prophet Jeremiah, he even dealt with this in Jeremiah 20 and verse 18. Come on, this is a prophet that has seen God. He's, he knows God. He loves God. In fact, he was able to prophesy and see the future, but yet he runs into some hardship, some difficult situations in his life, and he goes down the why train or the why road. God, why did this happen? Why me? Why am I the only one? Am I? And he starts ruminating. And then all of a sudden he says, why was I born? Was it only to have trouble and sorrow and to end my life in disgrace? Listen, none of that happened, but that's what was going on in his head. I'm telling you what, the, 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 the soul, the mind, the will, and the emotions you know what the Bible says? The Bible says don't fear the one that can destroy your body. Fear the one that can destroy your body and your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Come on, we're so afraid about dying. Come on, we ought not be so afraid about dying, right? We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. But I'm just telling you this, that if you're struggling, here's an incredible tool. It's found in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24. I'm almost done with you. Put your seatbelts on. Stick with me. I'm going to give you some good stuff. It says, these words I speak to you, or these words I speak to you are not 
incidental additions to your life. They're not just homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They're foundational words, words to build a life on. And so the metaphor here is, is that you can build your life like you build a house, right? You don't put a roof on a house without first, you know, building the walls. You know this better than, than I do. You don't, you don't build the walls without first putting in a foundation. And so the metaphor here is, is that you build your life like you build a house. He said if you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on a solid rock. When rain came, or when COVID-19 came, or when your job loss came, or when your marital issues came, or when, when your kids got sick, when that came. Come on, when the rain came, the Bible says when the rain poured down and the river flooded and a tornado hit, nothing moved the house. It was fixed to the rock. Listen, I can't, I can't do anything to remove your problems from your life, but I want you to pay close attention. What I can do is I can give you the Word of God which will stabilize you that regardless of what storms come or what issues you face in life, whatever they may be, you can stand firm with your feet on the rock, which is Christ Jesus, attached to the rock so that you will not be tossed to and fro. Amen? You won't be, you won't be pushed over here and then pushed over there. You can stand firm. So there's a way to build your house in your life properly. Number one, I want to share with you the foundation. The foundation of your life is found in relationship with Jesus and relationship with people in His church. Relationship with Jesus and relationship with people in His church. Now listen, if I was to take you under my house and show you my foundation, you would not be enamored by it. In fact, the foundation is very ugly and it's not even fun to look at. It's hidden but guess what? If you don't get the foundation right, then the whole house is wrong. And so you have to have a good foundation, which has everything to do with being in relationship with God and being in relationship with His people. Amen? And this is the problem that we face with social distancing. Social distancing. This is the new term. Oh, social distancing. Oh, no. Listen, I'm fine with being physically distant away from people, six feet, you know? I don't like it, but I'm fine with it. To be social distance means that you're cut off socially. Listen, you can still pick up the phone. You could still invite me over for a barbecue, and, and you could still put my chair six feet away from, from yours, and you could still serve me a nice big steak, right? I had some of the best steaks at your guys' house. It was amazing. Never seen a steak that big. But, uh, uh, and chocolate cake. I like chocolate cake. Um, Side note. So social distancing, listen, it, it goes against, we were born and created to be connected. We have to be connected. And if somebody doesn't like being connected, all that shows is that something terrible happened in their past. And, and, they, and, and, and so there's a wound, there's something broken. Some people like to be connected more than others. And those people are just weird. But, 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 but God has created us to really, really be connected. And so if you don't like people, like if you don't like people, there's probably one thing or several one things that have happened at one point in your past that, that, is, that has given you this new framework. And I'm just saying this, that God can heal that. And He wants to heal that. Philippians 4, 8, 9 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, 
If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things, and the God of peace will be with you. Listen, the best thing you can do is start your day with the Lord and end your day with the Lord, and throughout the day, connect with a couple of people that the Lord loves. They may not even know that they're loved by the Lord, but you connecting with them is part of your purpose. Amen? I can tell you this, if you start your day well, you're probably going to have a better chance of ending it well. If you start your day with the Lord, you're going to have a better chance of your day going well and ending right. If you start your day wrong, who knows what's going to happen? Come on, it could start bad and end up worse, right? Start your day well and end it well. Number two, I want you to know that God is a framer. If you look at the framework of a house, it's really not that appealing. But I'm telling you, the framework of your life is structure and routine. Because we're going through COVID-19, don't lose structure and don't lose routine. Uh, Matt and Jaina did a Grace 1010 uh, maybe a month ago or or maybe even longer than that. Uh, But it was so great because they were talking about when you get up in the morning, put your pants on. I thought, what is this? I came in at the wrong at the wrong time. But basically what they were saying is, is don't hang around in your pajamas all day long. Get up and put some structure and put some routine into your, into your day. Get up at an early hour and get up with a plan. Get up with purpose. Listen, if you've been fired because of all this and you don't have a job, let me just be clear. Your purpose is not attached to how you make money. It might be a part of how you make money. But just because your job, you know, let you go because they can't afford to have you on doesn't mean that you have lost your purpose. Your purpose is to glorify God. Your purpose is to share, come on, the good things that God has, has done. Why don't you look at this as an opportunity? It's like, man, God, I don't know how my bills are going to get paid. But listen, you're, you're my boss and you're the best boss a guy could work for. I'm just going to trust that you're going to make a way where there doesn't seem to be a way, and what do you want me to do for you today? Man, that's a good word. Everybody in the house said amen. Amen. All right. Proverbs 29 and verse 18, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. Discover my purpose, God says, and you'll make a difference. Number three, and this is the last one, we've laid the foundation. We framed up the house. The next thing that we do is we start finishing it, right? We we put sheetrock on the walls, and we trim it out, and we put paint we put paint on the walls and, and, and then we start adding our personal touches. We put pictures, you know, where we want them. We pick a room out and, and it's a spare room and we call it our office and we theme our office in Harley Davidson or golf or something really, really cool like that. And what we're doing now is what we're doing is we're making a house and we're turning a house into a home. It's not just a house. Now, this is our dwelling place. This is our sanctuary. This is where we're going to invite our loved ones over and share life. Our family's going to gather around this table. And, and I'm just saying this, that this finished work, this beautification has everything to do with trust and self-control. You see, church, we've got to come to a place. Trusting is this, is, is in the things that I cannot control, I'm going to trust the Lord. And the things that I cannot control, I'm going to trust the Lord. Like so many people, what's the biggest fear right now? What's the biggest fear with COVID-19? Death. People are afraid to die. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be concerned about dying. I kind of like my life. I want to stick around as long as possible. But let me ask you this. What's the trophy for those that know Jesus and that die? Everything. Jesus. Heaven. Eternity with Him. We approach this death thing as if we don't have any promise of what's to come. We approach death 
like the world approaches death. The world, all they have is the here and now. That's not us. But why do we get so bugged out? And, free? and I'm not saying that we shouldn't use wisdom. I'm telling you, I've washed my hands more in these last few months than I have in my entire life. I, I, I am a professional hand washer now. I could teach a class. It's, the trophy is life eternal with Him. And oh, by the way, let me bring you in on something. Every single last one of you is going to die. And guess what? If it's not from coronavirus, it could be from a car accident. It could be from old age. Do you know how many people I've met in Idaho that have died from, I haven't met these people, but their families that have died from lightning? Lightning! Some dude out in the field, changing water, having a great day. Here one second, boom, God. if you get struck by lightning, your number's up. Of all the places that lightning could strike to hit you, and to kill you. It's, it's just time. Let me ask you a quick question. Can you keep yourself from dying? Is there anything that you can do to keep yourself from dying? I've known of people that, that have had, and guess what? There's something worse than even dying. I've known of situations where uh, one person I'm thinking of, they had a brain aneurysm, blood vessel popped in their brain. The rest of their life, if they're still with us today, the rest of this man's life was laying on his bed looking up at his ceiling fan not able, not willing to do anything. And I'm not saying that you can't have joy in that place and whatnot, but I'm just saying that, that death is not the worst thing that could happen. And guess what? If you know Jesus, I promise you the very second, I did my, my dad's funeral maybe about seven or eight months ago, and I was, we were in the funeral home, and my, I'm speaking to my family just like, like, like I'm speaking to you. And I had this revelation, and, and I've shared this many times, even in another funeral, I shared it because it was so strong. I literally looked at my family and the people that were honoring my dad in, in his life. I looked at them, and I said, you know what? I really believe that if dad was given the opportunity to come back with us right now, or to stay, because he gave his heart to Jesus about 12 years ago and served his life, ser served the Lord with his life for the last 12 years of his life, and he really loved Jesus and he knew, knew Jesus. I remember him calling me out of the blue saying, I just gave my heart to the Lord. And it was, it was real. It was a real deal. And I really, I remember looking at everybody and I was like, it just hit me. I was like, man, if dad was given the opportunity to come back right now or to stay where he's at, I promise you, I believe he, he would say, you know what, they'll be here soon enough. I'm going to stick around. I kind of like it here. You see, I don't think that we fathom, we can't understand what it's going to be like, um, you know, to be in the presence of the Lord and to not see things uh, so, so dimly like we, like we see them, like we see them now. But uh, but trust and self-control. So listen, if you can't control a situation like death, why don't you just trust God with it? He's the one that says, I know your end from your beginning. And if you can't prevent it, like you can be, let's use our head. God gave us a great mind. Do what people are asking. But I'm talking about being overwhelmed by fear. Why don't we just trust God with it and say, you know what? You've kept me, like there's a hundred things that should have killed me back here and he preserved my life, why am I going to, why am I going to allow my heart to be stricken with fear with anything that I cannot control? But you know what I can control? You know what I can control? Did she say, when's he going to be done? Is that what she said? <laughs> Real soon, I promise. Give me 30 seconds times 
six. No. Um, you know what we can control? We can control our attitude. You're the only one that can control your attitude. If you've got a bad attitude, it's your fault. If you've got a good attitude, it's your fault. You know what else you can do? You can control your serve. What a tremendous opportunity to make a difference. There are people that need some hope today. They need stuff done today. They need an encouraging word today. And you can, you can make a difference there. Let me tell you a side of the story that's not being talked about on your 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock news. This is the side of the story that you're surrounded by people that have been dealt lemons, but they're making lemonade. They're making the best of a bad situation. And I'm, my challenge to you is, is, why don't we join that camp? Instead of getting on board and, and, and being a part of the problem, why don't, we, why don't we ask, God, what can I do? Come on, to bring some unity, to bring some encouragement, to love people. Come on, what, what, what can I do to be a bridge? Yeah, I saw this a while ago. Um, you're probably going to want to write this down. It's not, I, I'm stealing this. I can't even tell you who I'm stealing it from, but it was so good. If you choose to be a bridge, you better be prepared to be walked on by both sides. Is that powerful? I saw that. I was like, no, I'm stealing it. Don't even, stealing it. If you choose to be a bridge, be prepared to be walked on by both sides. Those that believe like you believe, they'll walk on you. And also those that believe in opposition to what you believe. Amen? You guys received that word today? I hope it really makes a difference. Like, I don't want to just share it. My prayer is, is that it'll make a difference this week in your life. I just wonder, is there anybody here that, like, if you were not to be here tomorrow, and we don't even like to talk about death and those kinds of things, but it's a reality. My question is this, if you were not to be here tomorrow, like if you were to pass away, and, and you are unsure about your salvation, meaning that you don't know if you'd be saved or not, if you would like to give your heart to the Lord this morning, and you, and you would really want to know that, you know what, I am saved, and I can... I can trust in the Lord because I know He's got greater things in store for me. I would love to give you that opportunity. If you'd like to give your heart to the Lord right now, I want you just to raise your hand if you would. Just anybody here. Awesome, right here. Would you please come up and stand with me? You don't, you don't have to be sad. Everybody here that's, that said that they've given their heart to the Lord, they've done this. Let's go right out here. In this. You want to come here too? Awesome, so good. I love this. Anybody else? So good. It's the best decision you can make. Yeah, guys, please, come on. This is a celebration. Come on, church. What do we got going on here? It's good. I want you to know this. This is how simple this is. Jesus died on a cross for all of us. The Bible says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible said if we would just but confess Him, if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. And I want you to know that that's as simple as it is. So what we're going to do is we're just going to ask God, and all these people are going to stand up with us. We're, we're going to do this together. We're just going to ask God to forgive us of our sins, which I'm telling you, my sins were many, 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 many sins. I asked Him to forgive me. And you need to know that if you ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins, guess what He'll do? He'll forgive you. And you know what that means? All the stuff that you've come up short in your life, every bad decision you've made, anything that could be labeled as a sin, means He forgets about it. So we repent of our sins, and then we ask Him to do one thing, and this is essential. That's for us to invite Him to be the boss of our life. Like we have to come to a place of saying, you know what? 
I've, I've been doing things my way for a long time, and God, I just my life is yours, and I trust you with it. Amen. Nor do I have to be afraid. None of us here have to be afraid because of the promises of God. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. I want to say thank you, guys. Is God good? Matthew, take it from here. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. Services are Sundays at 8.45 and 11 a.m., as well as our Wednesday evening service at 6.30 p.m. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.